0: welcome to the improve inspire impact podcast and an episode called expert failure it sounds quite negative but i do think it's very relatable is it something to fear or can it be useful and rewarding when channeled effectively it's actually a quote from the conversation you're about to hear with beth she talks very honestly about her mental health and the impact of adhd An eating disorder and also a recent diagnosis of bipolar disorder on her education and career to date. She's got tons of insight and perspective to share based on her experiences and is using it to improve the prospects of others navigating higher education. We do start off talking a little bit about physics, don't let that put you off, it's needed for context. Here's Beth. I'm Beth and I'm uh, 23.
1: Uh, and I'm a physicist. I am studying for my uh, PhD in physics. Um, I've been doing that for uh, over a year now, so I started uh, last September.
0: So what is it that gets you going about physics?
1: I, I just find it so fascinating. I just, I w- I just want to know why stuff works and how it works, and I want to understand it. Um, and in my first year, um, I uh, was lucky enough to... Uh, write my first uh, research paper and uh, submit it and I I actually I submitted it to uh, quite a sort of a prestigious journal so it was a journal on general physics and today I actually got the email back and I've been uh, rejected um, which is uh, is an interesting thing actually because um, I was reading the feedback and my initial reaction to having my uh, paper rejected is to be like, oh, no, like, oh, and then I was reading the feedback from it. And actually the feedback on my paper was really positive. and And uh, the basically what the referees were saying were they just thought it was uh, quite specialised and it would be better suited to a specialised, a more specialised journal rather than a broader physics journal. And uh, so now, now I'm just going to submit it to the next place and and get it published there. So. That's
0: good because at least you've had a positive reaction to something that could be perceived as quite negative. You um, could have thrown your toys out of the pram and thought you were a failure. That's speaking from some personal experience, but you didn't, and you sound like you're in a good place. Um, and and maybe it will be accepted somewhere. So you just. Got to try, yeah, I guess. It's,
1: it's not that it's not uh, good research, it's that it belongs there, it, it belongs somewhere else. Um, and I think uh, it's interesting what, what you're saying about being, like, being a failure and stuff. Like, I think, uh, I, I joke sometimes, I think I'm the expert failure. <laughs> I'm expert at failing um, and I feel like I'm well-practiced in it. <laughs> you're
0: absolutely not. I mean, to submit a paper in your first year is a huge thing and you are still really early on in your career. Um, There's quite a defined structure within academia so do you see yourself in it for the long haul? Um, Are you at the moment looking at the top of the ladder or are you just considering what your next steps might be?
1: I want to do something that I enjoy um, and I know that I want to pursue research because that's something I find really, really really interesting and I enjoy it so um, I have sort of an idea of a goal of where I would like to go, but more in terms of something that I would enjoy doing rather than ticking any sort form of success box or something. So it's about
0: enjoying yourself, um, more about the process, um, not wanting to yeah. be at a certain level at a certain point in time. So are you happy as long as you're involve- evolving with what you're doing? Are, you, yeah. are you happy with that?
1: So my, my dad once said to me... Um, that uh, I I was at school at the time and I I really I ha- I hated school. I had a really hard time of it and I I really n- nearly didn't go back and do my A levels. um And it was after my GCSEs. It was the summer after your uh, after year eleven, and I wasn't really intending to go back. I was really seriously thinking about not doing my A levels. And I had this chat with my dad, um and he said, Beth, if you don't want to do your A level, so you don't want to go back to sixth form. Well, don't do it. That's fine. If you end up uh, getting a job in Tesco's and you're stacking shelves, you're happy, you're good at what you do, and you work hard, I will be dead proud of you. And then he went on to say, like, you know, it is your choice to do what you want, but I, I know what you're like. I know, I know you quite well, and I think if you do go back and do your A levels, I think that that you'll be glad that you did it. But I'm only. S- you do what you do what you want and I think if he hadn't had that conversation with me because I, I knew he meant it he wasn't just saying it as a way to try and he really meant it um, and I think if he hadn't had that conversation with me I really don't I'm I'm really not sure if I actually would have gone back and done my A-levels um, and sort of carried on with what I where it's led that was me now. really
0: sound advice and lovely to hear that you weren't pushed into doing anything I guess that makes you really self-driven I, I i i honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't be here if i wasn't i know that you've had a rough journey i hate the word journey um you've had a choppy voyage a choppy voyage i i've had some
1: hurdles i think yep, hurdles. <laughs> yep. uh, that we all that. have <laughs> um but uh no so i i have uh adhd um or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder um which uh I didn't know a lot about until I got diagnosed with it um you often sort of associate it with uh like naughty boys at school who misbehave and um but it comes in sort of three different types of presentations so you can either be hyperactive with it um or inattentive or you can have a combination of both um and what ADHD really is is it's um a you, the executive functioning systems of the brain uh don't wo- don't work uh as well as they do in a neurotypical brain and the sort of stru- it's the brain sort of slightly structured differently and that means things like organization is more difficult time management you have know, such a good concept of time management and obviously it's associated a lot with attention um so it's not the uh it's not a lack of attention it's an inability to uh, control or direct that attention so um i i heard one sort of analogy um, of it is if you think about your like a like a neurotypical brain the uh, attention sort of the amount of sort of attention and focus you're putting on something is like a dial from one to ten um, and you know of how have a much you're putting in your attention onto something um, but with uh, an ADHD brain rather than a scale of 1 to 10 it's either 0 or 15 or random
0: rather <laughs> so that's like extreme it, it, attention yeah to... it's sort of
1: like um, is that the way it works y- yeah you're an in inability to direct it so you either can't put it onto anything so it's going your attention is going all over the place and it's everywhere all at once um, or it's in one place and then you can't take it off of it. it's called, hi- called hyper focus um, and you can't can't break away
0: how did that affect you through school because you did your gcses and then a levels um and then a degree so have you overcome the adhd somehow how have you done it um but how that is a very good question um because i
1: think i have overcome it i think it's it presented a lot of challenges like work like in a classroom environment i like i i think anybody who knows uh, someone who's hyper who has the hyperactive presentation knows just how how much they don't suit being in a classroom, and someone who's inattentive doesn't suit being in a classroom just as much. So that made it very difficult. And I think in, at school, I was lucky enough um, that I uh, I was able to get
0: by and and pass exams. Um, how did that affect you when you went to university? Because you have to sit in a lot of lectures, in all... and they're long, <laughs> and sometimes they're not terribly engaging. In all honesty, I didn't go. Really?
1: Yeah. And um, so uh, I did my degree over four years. I got diagnosed part way through my with ADHD part way through my degree, um, and actually after I got diagnosed, before I got diagnosed, I didn't go to lectures because. I, I just didn't go. Um, whereas after I got diagnosed with ADHD, I actually didn't go to lectures as almost a, like a conscious decision, because that's just not how I learn. I didn't learn in that. I don't learn in that environment, in that setting. Um, I find it quite difficult to keep my attention on what's going on in the in the lecture. Um, it, it is never going at a pace, like the right pace. It's either go. It's either going too slowly or it's going too fast, and I'm lost. Or I, if I've like. My attention is, is I've lost attention for a second, I've come back and I don't know what's going on. I just don't suit that learning environment. So um, rather than doing that, um, I just learn uh, everything by myself. I think that's how I've done a lot of of school and a lot of uh, universities, because I didn't suit the way that I was supposed to be taught things. I didn't learn that way. But I ended up having to uh, learn things my own way in my own time. Um, And... And that's actually helped me a lot now in my in my career now because now I'm a researcher. I, ha- I have to find out that I'm already used to um, doing things my own way and working out how to do stuff and figuring stuff out anyway because I've been doing it forever. Um, so actually it's ended up, although it meant that that, uh, that significant part of my life was much more challenging, it means that uh, I'm much better set up for this next part of my yeah.
0: life. But of course at the time you don't realise that, you just think, I'm different. No. How am I gonna progress through this? But obviously you've got the mindset and the determination and the the ability to learn on your own, which I think is a huge thing, really important. And to have that drive to want to obtain the knowledge yourself without it being spoon fed to you by someone else is amazing.
1: We're all different and we all think about things differently and we we go about things differently. And I think every way that sort of every kind of aspect of ourselves, there's going to be a negative side and a positive side to that. Um, There's going to be one side that makes things harder, uh, like for us. And then there's going to be another side of things that makes things uh, easier for us. And there's always going to be those two sides of things. And actually, I think that we need to kind of almost change uh, the way we talk about things, like. neurodevelopmental disorders um and mood disorders and and things like that because um I think it, I, I think that talking about it in one it, it just looking focusing on the negative things and the things that make it make it really difficult I think that that then puts it in like a in sort of like a bad light. And then we end up focusing on those things. I think that's really unhelpful. Um, but I also think it's really unhelpful to talk about it in a purely positive way. Because I hear people talking about things like um, that people will do TED Talks on ADHD or articles on on, um, on autism and things. And uh, like the ADHD brain and, and like autistic brains and uh, people who have neurodevelopmental disorders, because we like we have our, our brains are structured differently and that that comes with these you know like really really valuable assets like being creative because we think differently than other people and um you know i mean uh, like uh, some autistic people have got amazing amazing memories and attention to detail and there's all these like really positive things that come with it and it's balancing um,
0: the, it's balancing the perceived strengths against the perceived weaknesses yeah. maybe At first, before you realised you had ADHD, you thought that this is something really difficult for me, but actually it's turned into a strength now because you've turned things around and overcome something that other people would probably find irrational and difficult.
1: It's interesting because I've gone from um, not knowing for a lot of my life, and then once, I, once I got diagnosed, I found out why things were, why my brain works the way that I did, and why I struggled with the things I struggled with. I was then learning about that actually those same those reasons for why I struggled were the same reasons that I that all the things I liked about myself still came from that same setting. But I see a lot of um, like TED talks and things where people that. they'll they'll say things like oh ADHD is my superpower and I think talking about that in a in a in a like a one-sided kind of like it's only like it's only a good thing like it it diminishes the struggles of it so i think it's got, it's i think we need to change the conversation from either being something that's completely uh, like a bad thing and detriment or it's a good thing and it's positive because it's not like that it's, it's a combination of both and i and i think that that doesn't just apply to neurodevelopmental disorders and mood disorders and things like that i think that just applies to life
0: yeah you're absolutely <laughs> right um i don't quite know what to say but when you look at things as black and white Positive and negative. You can bias your own brain towards something, and you don't actually see the bigger picture. Yeah, and you need to see that in order to determine in which direction you're going to go. And I think there's a lot of influence out there that will. I'm thinking in terms of nutrition here. Eat this, don't eat that. It's wrong. There's got to be some balance.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I'm very guilty of being influenced. In the nutritional field Um, I'm learning now that what I was doing was not doing me any good and wasn't healthy yeah but I am now doing a food and nutrition course and I'm learning a lot plenty of which I did know before but failed to put into practice because there was always some other influence and I couldn't just couldn't resist trying it but there does need to be a balance less black and white and more
1: yeah gray sometimes yeah, definitely. I think we're always sort of uh, like fed a lot of information, and I think that people like it is it, it. You want to hang on to that because you want that thing that oh, if I just do that one thing, then that will make things better, or that will you know that will if I just eat that one thing or don't eat that one thing, then it it sort of it seems like quite an easy solution. So it, it's not it's not surprising that we end that we end up kind of because like like you I'm guilty of those kinds of things as and you well. develop
0: disordered eating or eating disorders as a result of it if you're yes susceptible yeah
1: yes yeah I that was why I had a year out during my degree was because I I had an eating disorder and I I developed an eating disorder when I I sort of first developed it when I was about 13 14 I think um and yeah, I think food is a very interesting one because we all have to eat
0: It's not like smoking is it no you can't no. avoid eating. <laughs> It's really difficult to deal with. Um, You've spoken about various diagnoses that you've received. When you (laughs) received them, did you feel different within yourself, having that knowledge and insight about um, what is... I don't want to say this, but what is wrong with you or indeed what is right with you? Because a lot of people will say, don't label. You mustn't label people with this or that or the other. Yeah, But from what I'm hearing you say, I think you feel quite empowered by it.
1: I think that um, I can understand why people have that viewpoint, Um, because I think that it can be very easy for you to hear that like a label like that and make it mean something about yourself. Um, And and then view yourself through this certain like um almost like maybe a negative lens but for me i think that um and i I think actually for the majority of people um when you have a a diagnosis it's not it doesn't change anything you're still the exact same person as you were before you had the diagnosis you just now have an explanation and also once you have an explanation and you have a bit of an understanding of why those things are happening and why you are the way you are and why you do certain things you that you do you can then um look at at how to um, make, the, make those challenges easier and also, yeah, to mitigate and, and to do that effectively as well. Because I think until you understand why things are happening, um, you, can't, um, you can't mitigate um, like,
0: as effectively. You're a scientist at quite a high level now. And you're fortunate enough to have the ability to go and research diagnosis and read into it and understand it. And I think that puts you in quite a good place and possibly a different place from someone who is less sciencey, if that's a thing. My personal thoughts that that scientists and maybe artists would look at things in a different light, if I can say that.
1: That is that is so funny that you should say that because I I consider myself both.
0: Do you? That's interesting. I,
1: I'm incredibly artistic. I, I draw, I write, I... Like, uh, and I think that science actually is quite a creative pursuit, especially if you're doing research, because you're looking for something new. That's
0: really interesting that you say that. Is there anything that you can't do? Because you sound like a pretty good all-rounder to me. <laughs>
1: oh, well that, that's such a lovely thing to say. Thank you. <laughs> that's the
0: impression I get from you, that you can do all sorts of things. You're not a one-trick pony. Um, you're definitely someone who is adaptable. <laughs> that is the word, adaptable, because adaptable. you've had to be to get through.
1: I've had to be adaptable. I have, yeah. I've had to learn to be adaptable. So you did your
0: degree, and then you tried to go on to do a master's.
1: Yes. During my degree, um, after I'd had my year out and I came back, I, uh, I, I really, I really struggled uh, to keep up with the kind of amount of work that was being was being done and things like that. And I, I actually ended up uh, failing an entire term, and uh, because I'd failed that entire term, uh, by the end of my second year, I uh, didn't have a good enough grade uh, to go on and do um, uh, the integrated masters. Um, so, I got rejected from that and I got demoted from integrated masters to uh, a BSc, um, which ended up uh, being the best thing that could have ever happened because I then ended up uh, getting fast tracked onto something that I enjoy much more. Um, at, the, at the time, it seemed like the worst thing ever. After I had my diagnosis of ADHD, I appealed to resit that term. Um, so that I I hadn't failed it. Um, and uh, it was actually down to a uh, admin error at, uni- at universities, you have an individual learning plan if you have special like specialized needs. And when I had my eating disorder, um, I had a ILP written up uh, shortly before I dropped out and then when i got diagnosed with um adhd i went went back and i had a new individual learning plan written up and uh whoever wrote it up uh just edited the old one and didn't change the date on it so i said i sent an appeal off asking to resit the exams from that term that i'd failed and they came back saying no because we've got a document here saying that you you had ADHD like several years ago. So what are you talking about? Um, so not only had I not got enough uh, a good enough grade to get onto the master's course, I, I didn't. I also knew I wouldn't have a, a, good, a good enough. Um, grades to get a first overall in my degree and I I knew that right from word go and at first that seemed like the absolute worst thing ever and then obviously I I ended up building up my confidence and I applied to do a PhD and I got onto it and um, suddenly I realised that actually the things that I, if you'd asked me beforehand, what would I have been most terrified about? It would be like not getting a first, not getting the best, this, this like top grade or whatever and getting kicked off a master's course. Like that would just seem like the absolute end of the world. And then when that happened and it wasn't the end of the world and then actually I then found something even better out of it. Then I was like, oh, well, actually this
0: failing thing isn't quite so bad anymore. No, you've got to, <laughs> um, it's the accumulation of knowledge. You wanted that first yeah. but actually it's the accumulation of knowledge while you were studying rather than that final result that's got you to where you are now and has actually been the most useful again yeah. it's the process which i bang on about endlessly um that grade it's valid but it doesn't actually define you for the no. rest of your life
1: no we put a lot of meaning on these things but actually they they don't it doesn't matter
0: you go wherever you're supposed to go in life, and regardless. So, how are things with the eating disorder or disordered eating side of things? How do you manage that with the eating disorder? So, um,
1: I, I sort of on and off had had an eating disorder through most of my teenage years, and it and it got really uh, significant and very severe. Um, in uh, my second year of university. Um, and I I was lucky enough to uh, re- recover from that then. And touch wood, I, um, I've never had an eating disorder again. Um, and that does not mean that I have not engaged in uh, eating disordered behaviour. Um, and I think that, that it's very important actually to acknowledge that eating disordered behavior and having an eating disorder are not the same thing especially when you're going into like into recovery
0: I've heard that from so many people
1: I've yes yeah and so I think that one of the things that actually has helped me like uh that has maintained my recovery is actually that when I have I don't know whether you want to call it, uh, like relapse to a smaller, small extent or not small. If I have had, you know, times where, you know, I've I've had eating disorder behavior that I haven't then gone in my head. Oh, that means I have an eating disorder again. Now it doesn't. It means that I had eat I had eating disorder behavior. And I think that that actually. Not telling myself. Not sort of making that mean that I was unwell again and that I had an eating disorder again was really important in like my recovery. Um, and it, if I'm completely honest, I still, uh, you know, when I'm having uh bad patches, um. Y- it, I still sometimes do slip into that and it's going to be something that I'm going to have to be aware of for the rest of my life because if you're susceptible to mental health problems, sometimes they are very, they can be very curable and other times it, you're going to have patches where you're not okay in the future as well but with eating disorders, the neuropathways that you create um, it, during that period of your life, they don't go anywhere. They stay there forever. Um, and so I think having that awareness um, that, uh, you know, they could be triggered at any point, y- you could take that two ways. You could either take that as something completely terrifying and like you're completely damned forever, or you could take that actually that like, knowing that actually gives you power over Knowledge it is power, and isn't it? Knowledge is power, a 100%. And so because I'm aware of that, I... Um, it's not to say maybe one day I will maybe one day I will relapse and maybe one day I will end up with an eating disorder again. And if that happens, then I will get the support and care that
0: I need for it. Absolutely. So moving on, you did your degree, and then you moved on to do a PhD. How did you find that transition?
1: I I found um, a couple of uh, projects that I was really interested in, um, and one of the pieces of advice that, that my tutor gave me was to actually go and talk to um, sort of supervisors and, and, and things. Firstly, because on paper, I don't look like a very desirable candidate. Seriously? Like, uh, but it's true. It's the truth. And um, I, you know, at the time that I, so you have to have a minimum of a one to do a PhD. And at the time that I applied, I did not have that. I, I knew I was going to get it. I, I was dead set on it and I did get it and it was fine. Um, but at the time that I applied, I did not have the minimum requirement for a PhD. My grades were all over the place i think my my exam grades vary from i think my lowest grade was like 12 percent or something like that up to 90 percent like they fluctuate all over the place i'm incredibly like I, on paper I just this incredibly inconsistent human being i dropped out I had a year out like on paper i do not look like a desirable candidate
0: now something's gone through my mind On paper, you say you look undesirable because of fluctuating grades and whatever. But that isn't a true reflection of your abilities and strengths that can't always be represented on a piece of paper. That piece of paper is just a snapshot of a result. And some of the things you need to be successful later on in life can't actually be measured. Things that you may need to be a successful researcher. But what you've done so far is show incredible resilience and overcome so much but I don't honestly know how you actually show that well I think I so I I, th- I sort of mentioned earlier like I think that I'm Uh,
1: I think of myself as the expert of failing and I don't see that as a bad thing, I think that's a strength I think that I have repeatedly failed throughout my life and not even in a small way and I'm going to carry on failing throughout my life but if I want to do anything if I want to go anywhere I'm going to fail at things and I like to think it's a positive that I'm quite well practised at it
0: (laughs) You'd have the positivity police around telling you that you mustn't think like that but if you can see it in a positive light then you know fill your boots because it's great yeah and you've come back stronger every time and that's why you are where you are now it's because you failed you fail you learn you fail you learn and yet everyone else would see you as incredibly successful now and you will go on to be because of the resilience you've built up over the last 10 years or so and that is going to help you as you move forward to me you are pretty invincible thank you you're welcome (laughs) You may not feel it and you probably don't want to hear it But that's the picture that you paint for me I need to say that Because it's back to this thing I have about Thanking people What you've said has made me feel better Because I fall around And fail a lot at stuff And I beat myself up About it regularly Some days I can look at it and think I failed, yes, I failed I fulfilled my objective for today Because I knew that I was going to fail but some days I can look at it and turn it around and think I failed. Move on. Yeah. I must try harder at it next time. It's just a bit of a dichotomy, really.
1: But it's an it's an it's an ongoing thing, though. It's a
0: real mindset mind field, This failure success thing.
1: You're you're always going to fail at things and think badly about them. That's always going to be the automatic reaction. And it's just it just as in like uh, failing in other things you improve at them it's the same in failing at dealing with failure <laughs> you're just going to improve at it but yeah again
0: it's not really black and white
1: it's not no when when I met you and when we first started talking about doing this um podcast um the sort of picture that was sort of like painted was talking about like like the sort of failures on the way up to it and then kind of like failures I've I've gone Sort of the hurdles, I suppose, that I've I've had to overcome, sort of throughout my life and things. So I've recently had a uh, diagnosis of bipolar disorder, um, and I realised I had bipolar disorder when I was about thirteen or fourteen, and I first heard about it and I googled what it was and went, oh gosh, that sounds like me, and I sat and did a load of like online, uh, like. Quizzy thi- researching like quizzy things and all of them were saying oh so like moderate like please like you should we advise you see your doctor but I just assumed I was being a dramatic teenager and then it really wasn't anything there's a small part of me that that knew, that knew it was that quite a shock to have been diagnosed with bipolar because that sounds quite scary and significant um but actually I thought it was quite um quite apt to, to, to talk about that because I it's not just like oh that that you sort of like fail a bunch of times and then oh and then look here this is here where I am now like oh it's all like shiny and success because it's not and that's alright um, and that like it's not like you will eventually get somewhere um, and and everything will be rosy and and fantastic and when I when I got diagnosed with bipolar um, uh, before Christmas the initial reaction that I had was I've had like very serious like mental health problems throughout a lot of my life and a lot of my teenage years that begin began when I was you know i i think the first time I've ever felt suicide was probably about twelve or thirteen and I think when I got di- when I got diagnosed with ADHD I then decided I was always, always quite confused about why I dealt with all of this and then when I got diagnosed with ADHD I think I decided oh well that was what it was I was just dealing with undiagnosed ADHD and now I've like you know, I've got my diagnosis of ADHD I can learn to manage it I then won't have to deal with that anymore and that's all going to be in the past now I'm, I've my ADHD is quite well managed and suddenly I find myself still dealing with these mental health problems and then to be diagnosed with bipolar disorder which is it's an incurable uh, mood disorder my initial response to that was to be like oh my god I'm going to have to deal with mental health problems for the rest of my life I'm actually dealing with a depressive episode uh, right now Um, this is one of the better days of it and so I'm I'm able to come and do this podcast but I've not been able to go work very much and I've uh, not been able to do group activities or uh, sort of leave the house that much. And actually having sort of come into this like sort of depressive episode um, with the knowledge that I have bipolar and that I'm going to, this is just going to be something that I deal with now, it's completely taken away that um, frustration and confusion about why it's happening. And actually it's made it so much easier to deal with to just accept that this is just going to be something that happens and also it means that i can just l- like put things in place and i can get better and better at learning how to manage it it's never going to go uh, but i can get better at it and and it can be less of like an impactful thing and rather than sort of being frustrated about it and i think that uh, like a lot of people Will not be able to relate to having bipolar, but everybody will be able to relate to struggling with things and failing and having a lot of people deal with mental health problems and actually have that like acceptance that these that things are going to go wrong and things are going to be like rubbish um, that and and just sort of allow those things to happen and and know that things aren't ever going to be perfect things are going to go wrong and horrible but actually it is that's real life that's what life's like and that that's fine and i think that we like as a society want to resist that part of things for instance like if you try and like resist and numb like negative emotions, like you can't selectively resist and numb bad emotions. If you resist and numb bad emotions, you resist and numb the good ones as well. By by allowing yourself to experience uh, sadness, you then allow yourself to ex- experience joy as well. I mean, it is a serious, it is a serious mental health problem. But at the same time, it uh, it allows me to see to to experience like a colourful spectrum of life and a spectrum of emotions and um I on the day that I got diagnosed I took a very close friend with me and uh in the car on the I sort of came out of the appointment and told her what happened in it and and that I'd been diagnosed with bipolar and when we were in the car on the way on the way back she said you know what if you, like, you know, experience, like, this sort of, like, spectrum of, of like, different things and sometimes you feel one way and one, sometimes you feel another way, that's probably why you're such an empathetic person, because you can relate to most people because you've been there at some point. I was like, yeah. And it was just such a, like, a lovely, like, thing to hear. And I was like, oh, that's actually great. That, that
0: allows me to connect
1: with more people. And I love people, so...
0: So is this why I understand you've become part of a university a panel yes. or a committee is yes. it
1: Yes so I've uh, I, I haven't done very much with it recently cuz I've uh, sort of taken a little bit step back from doing things to take care of myself um, but I um, am on That's the good to hear. quality yes yeah I think it's important <laughs> Um, but I'm the, on the quality and uh, diversity panel uh, for the university recept- uh, representing sort of disabled students um, and obviously for me like uh, having uh, neurodevelopmental uh, disorders and having uh, mental health problems both come under do uh, being disabled um, and I was uh, sort of inspired I've always sort of wanted I always liked the idea of kind of doing something just to I don't know contribute to other people. Um, But what sort of made me, uh, spurred me on to do it was I read a study uh, that said that, uh, I I don't know how extensive this study was, um, how many people it looked at, or I think it was a study in America, um, but of the people with ADHD who actually make it to college or university, um, only 5% of them graduate. And that seemed it seemed like a very low number. And, and at first I was sort of shocked and then I thought about myself and I thought I have I had like a very strong motivation for why I wanted to, f- to finish my course. Firstly, I was doing my degree for no other reason than I wanted to. I had no external pressures to do my degree at all. I also really, really enjoyed my subject and I, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in physics so I had strong motivations to do it. And I'm also like lucky that I don't struggle with uh, uh, tests as much as as some other people have done and even I at many points really did nearly didn't make it I you know like failing a term I had a year out I got kicked off the master's course I really nearly did not graduate from there were many points where I thought that I wouldn't and so once I thought about it for a bit I was like actually probably not that far off really and so I don't know what impact I could make but I'd like to in some way try and make the education system more suited to people with like neurodiversity um people with ADHD people with autism but also just everyone else because I think like you know it's I think the education system it it's very difficult to try and design a system that suits everybody and by trying to design a system that suits everybody it suits basically no one but obviously more so for for people with ADHD and things and i think that i in if there is some way that i can uh can make an impact and have uh like um like education more um, accessible and realistic and achievable for people with ADHD, then that'd be fantastic because, especially being a researcher, I think what makes me a good researcher is the way that my brain works, which is wired differently because of my ADHD. I think that's what, you know, I think my ADHD is a vast part of what makes me a good researcher and, and I think it's a shame that uh, there are not more people with ADHD who would be incredibly well suited to this kind of work that are not, a- and on other types of work that they'd be really well suited to, that they don't ever make it to because they can't jump through the hoops that are required to get there.
0: That sounds a really worthwhile way to turn things around and also to help others to have an easier experience of education than you have. Um, Since we've been talking, I've been doing a lot of doodling and writing things down, like I normally do, and I've written down some words that I think describe you, and they are articulate, inspiring, resilient, successful, driven, intelligent, and caring. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That is lovely. (laughs) I also want to say, just keep going, because whatever it is you're doing, you're doing right and... I just wish you every success for the future oh
1: yeah I also just wanted to say thank you to you as well not just for for having me um as a as a kind of a a guest and having me me speak it's uh it's been really nice to I don't know (laughs) thank you for making me feel like I've worth talking to you must but certainly also, are. You're I've, amazing. I've listened to I've listened to all your podcasts so far and I think they're fantastic and I think they're Thank brilliant you. and I, I I love the kind of like honesty and the like realness of a lot of your uh, a lot of your content and stuff and yeah just keep making them because I love them
0: <laughs> some real resilience and drive there demonstrated by Beth If you want to take part or can think of someone else who deserves to share their story, please get in touch. Otherwise, there won't be any more of these podcasts. On Instagram, I'm almond.triangle and I can be reached by email on almond.triangle at gmail.com.